Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and today, well, I've got to warn you, this just might be a boring episode. It's going to be about how do we work out the right dose of chemotherapy drugs to give. And that's obviously a very important subject, but it's not a particularly fascinating one, potentially. It's critically important. Anyway, I had to put this episode on the record so people could refer back to it so I don't have to explain body surface area every time I talk about a drug. So, as you know, children come in all shapes and sizes. They they go from people who weigh 1 or 2 kilograms through to people that weigh 152 kilograms and more. So we have to get the right dose. So the main way that we work out the right dose of chemotherapy drugs most of the time is according to the patient's body surface area. So we're talking about the area of all their skin, the body surface area. Now, don't ask me the biologic and physiologic basis for why body surface area is the best way to dose drugs, but it turns out that way. It turns out that as far as working out a dose that you can standardise across people of all shapes and sizes... Body surface area turns out to be a better way to dose many drugs. You know, it could have been done according to weight or height or toenail length. You know, we could work out people's doses in all sorts of ways. But it turns out that body surface area is the one that we've relied on most of the time. Now, how do we work out a patient's body surface area? We haven't exactly got a machine that will go around and measure their body surface area. So what we use is charts. There's these particular charts and when we put in the patient's height and weight then the charts will tell us what their body surface area is. So somebody clever worked this all out a long time ago and that's how we can work out the patient's body surface area. Now there's also an equation that you can use to work out body surface area and oftentimes that's a pretty good fit with what the charts would tell you. So if you take the patient's height measured in centimetres. And then you take their weight, measured in kilograms. Well, if you multiply the height times the weight, and then you divide all of that by 3,600, and then you take the square root of all of that, well, then you get a body surface area approximation in square metres. So that normally works out pretty close to what the charts would give you. You've got to be careful at the extremes. If very small patients and very large patients, you might have to be extra careful. But that normally gives you a pretty good approximation of body surface area. And body surface area gets expressed in metres squared. Or square metres, but we refer to it as metres squared. So the average 70 kilogram male adult has a body surface area of 1.73 metres squared. We happen to know that. 1.73 metres squared. That's the average male, 70 kilogram sort of size. So children, of course, are smaller, so they may have a body surface area of 1 metre squared, 0.6 metres squared, 1.2 metres squared. Whatever it is, we know the patient's body surface area. And so for most of the chemotherapy drugs, there'll be a dose in milligrams per metre squared. So if a dose of a drug is 30 milligrams per metre squared, well, we just multiply 30 by the patient's body surface area, and then we know the dose to give. So most drugs will be in 
milligrams per meter squared, or some will be in micrograms per meter squared, and some will be in grams per meter squared, and so it goes on. Now, many drugs have a particular maximum dose. So, for instance, with vincristine, the standard dose is 1.5 milligrams per meter squared, but you don't go above 2 milligrams most of the time. You do in some diseases, Hodgkin's disease, but most of the time there'll be a maximum dose. So that applies for some drugs, but not all. Now, needless to say, as patients go through chemotherapy, some patients have a change in their weight. So some gain weight and some lose weight. And so we have to be adjusting the height and weight calculation and getting an accurate body surface area as we make our way through the chemotherapy protocol. Another issue comes up with patients who are very overweight. So if you look at patients with obesity, there have been times where patients who are obese, and I mean very overweight, have had their body surface area calculation adjusted towards a more idealized body surface area. So for instance, if the patient was 150 kilograms, but really a more normal weight for their height was 100 kilograms, then you might generate an ideal body surface area rather than the actual body surface area. And the logic of it is that most of the excess weight is made up of fat, and if the fat is not relevant to the metabolism of the drug, if the drug is still, say, predominantly metabolized in the liver, well, you wouldn't think that the liver of the 150 kilogram person is so different to the liver of the 100 kilogram person. And so that was the logic of deriving an ideal body surface area based on an ideal weight to dose chemotherapy drugs. Now, that is not used in all circumstances. There's a lot of times when the so-called idealized body surface areas are not used. And so it's not automatic that you go for this idealized body surface area at all. Another special consideration occurs in patients who have had an amputation. Now, we don't perform amputations for most children with a tumor in the arm or leg. If you listen to my sarcoma podcast, you'll hear all about limb salvage procedures, etc. And so most of the time, we're not talking about performing amputations. Nonetheless, in patients who have had an amputation of, say, a leg, well, you can imagine that that changes the body surface area. On the other hand, it probably doesn't change the liver metabolism of a drug, for instance, or the kidney metabolism of a drug. And so it's not automatic that adjustments are made for body surface area according to whether an amputation has been performed. And it's just a consideration that's out there. And there have been times when patients had their doses adjusted to allow for the fact that the limb had been amputated and therefore has affected their weight in a somewhat artificial way. So these are things that have to be considered, but there's no routine answer and standard answer for how these things should be dealt with, and they're really ones to talk over with your team in the particular context. Another situation where we don't tend to rely on body surface area as much is in patients who have a very low weight. So we're talking very small children under the age of about one most of the time and under 10 kilograms or 12 kilograms. In those situations, the body surface area estimations and calculations aren't as reliable and very often 
once we get below about 10 or 12 kilograms in size, then we may dose a drug according to their body weight. So instead of giving, say, 30 milligrams per meter squared of body surface area, we might give one milligram per kilogram of body weight. And by the way, that's the usual conversion factor when you convert from doses per meter squared to doses per kilogram. Normally, if you divide by 30, you'll get to about the right answer. Now, also in those younger children, oftentimes chemotherapy doses are reduced as a routine. So as you get into the younger, smaller babies needing chemotherapy, we tend to dose on their weight, not their body surface area. And oftentimes there's a reduction in the actual dose as well. So body surface area is the more common way that we dose chemotherapy drugs, but there's a few others that I'll mention. There are some drugs where we routinely base the dose on the patient's weight. And again, in those situations, considerations might be made for an idealized body weight in patients who are obese, but not always. Now, the reason we are modifying doses and choosing doses according to the patient's size is because we're trying to get the patient to have the right level of exposure to the drug in their bloodstream. So somehow work out the right level of exposure that the tumour will get to the drug and also that the normal tissues will get to the drug. That's obviously what it's all about. And that brings me to another way to dose chemotherapy drugs and that's to base the dose on the patient's actual kidney function, for instance. Or maybe one day we'll be able to do it with the patient's actual liver function. So a particular example of this technique is one that we use when we use a chemotherapy drug called carboplatin. Carboplatin, it's used in a number of different types of cancer. And the main way that the body deals with carboplatin to get rid of it is by using our kidneys. So the rest of our body doesn't have such a role in getting rid of carboplatin from our body. So we have something called area under the curve dosing of carboplatin. Now I'm getting really geeky here. What we do in this situation is we actually measure the patient's kidney function. And we can measure kidney function using a GFR test, glomerular filtration rate, a GFR test. This is one of those tests where they inject a radioactive isotope into the bloodstream and then an hour or two later they take a blood sample and then an hour or two later they take a blood sample and this produces a very accurate measure of the kidney function in the patient. So now that we know the exact measure of their kidney function then we can adjust the dose accordingly. And what we're trying to do is achieve the right area under the curve. Now this is super geeky. So now if you draw a graph of time on the x-axis and blood level on the y-axis, well you can imagine a curve where we give the drug and so the level goes up and then over the subsequent hours the level in the blood goes down. Well if you copy in all the area under the curve that's a good measure of the total global body exposure to the drug. That's the area under the curve. And so we have a special equation. It's called the Calvert equation. And it factors in the patient's weight and the patient's kidney function. And you put all of those figures in and you tell it what area under the curve you would like to generate. And it spits out a dose for you. So that form of dosing drugs according to kidney function, etc., is more specialized. And it really only applies to certain drugs. 
There's another example, that's uh, busulfan. Busulfan's a drug that's mostly used in bone marrow transplants. And in this one, we work out what dose to give using the weight or the body surface area. And then we give the first dose, and then we can measure the blood levels in that particular patient. We measure the busulfan levels and then put them into the computer. And then the subsequent doses, the doses we're going to use on day two and day three and day four, we can adjust the dose according to what the blood levels were with the first dose. So that's really individualizing a patient's dosing according to their particular metabolism of the drug. But again, there's only a few examples of this. Most of the time with chemotherapy, we give a dose based on their body surface area. And then, of course, if we find that the patient has excessive side effects, there may be room to reduce the dose according to protocol. Now, the final dosing system I want to measure is really only for patients with leukemia and lymphoma, and they're the patients that are having lumbar punctures, so spinal taps, and having chemotherapy doses put into the spinal fluid. Well, the doses of drugs that are put into the spinal fluid are generally based on the patient's age. So there's a particular dose for patients under one year of age, there's a particular dose for patients between one and two years of age. And then there's a particular dose for two to three years of age. And then normally after three years of age, the dose stays the same uh, right through to adult life because I guess the brain size and the spinal fluid size, etc., tends to level off at that point. So most of the time, it's over the age of three years that the dose uh, becomes the same. But you have special doses for the younger children. Oh, and one final thing to mention is that there are often adjustments in dose that are made according to what we know about a patient's kidney function or heart function or liver function. And may be that even the starting dose of a drug is reduced if we know, for instance, that a patient has a certain level of impairment in kidney function. So anyway, that's what I've got to say today about uh, how we generate the doses of chemotherapy drugs to give, obviously critically important and something we're doing every day of the week. But yes, a somewhat dry topic. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to this Understanding Childhood Cancer podcast. Remember to leave me some feedback or questions at the Facebook site. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.